Welcome, everybody, to the Buffalo Sports Podcast. It's your host, as always, AJ Sabalski. And uh, today we got a duo uh, guest show coming up here. We got Seth Penn, a good buddy of mine, who's been on the show prior. And then the second guest will be Ryan Talbot from NY Up, who's also been on my show plenty of times. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Obviously, uh, the game, huge game Saturday, uh, first home playoff game for the Bills in a long, long time. Uh, we're just going to discuss the Colts' path to victory, the Bills' path to victory, uh, the Deion Dawkins article, which if you need to read something to get you pumped up for Saturday, uh, I really uh, strongly urge people to read that article. It was a very well-put-together article by Deion, and he's such a great writer. Uh, we, we will also talk about Brian Dable and his um, you know, head coaching opportunities in the league because he's you know turned around this offense and made him one of the most potent offenses in the league. We'll talk about Josh Allen taking his next step. And then, as always, um, I will give you our predictions. And I will also mention the Cole Beasley. Uh, his new song came out uh, at midnight of, on Thursday. And it's a really good song. Um, it, it's, a, it's a good listen. And he, he's got a good voice. So if you want to listen to some nice music, listen to Cole Beasley. It's called Sometimes. So look it up on Apple Music. Uh, so we're going to get started here. I'm going to let Seth uh, join up. So I'm just going to admit him into the room here. Can you hear me? Yep. You got me? Yep. How are you cool. doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. All right. So I just, I just gave everybody a rundown of what I'm doing. The two guests thing, uh, about like 20, 25 minutes a piece here. So we're just going to get right into it. And I want to start with, um, before we get into the, the big game this weekend, I want to talk about Deion Dawkins' article and just the takeaways I, I took from it. And I'm just going to mention three quotes I took from it, speak a little bit about it, and then you can as well. Uh, so the first one is – in this part where he's talking about Eric Wood and um, him going to their house for Thanksgiving and eating the most. And Eric Wood takes him aside and says, you know, I'm going to um, pass the torch to you in a little bit here. And this was Dion in his head was thinking, and I quote, I still wasn't 100% buying it. Part of the, part of this was like, nah, come on, quit playing. You're not going anywhere. So for me, like right there, it just shows that now it's 2020, the Bills are won the AFC East. When, when, when Eric Wood first said that to him, he didn't really believe that. You know, it was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, you're passing the torch to me. Like, you're going to be, you're going to be the one leading this team on the field. But now that it's happening, it's just come all together and just shows uh, the culture that Sean McDermott has brought to this team. The second one is when he was talking about Josh Allen and people ask him, you know, what, what got into Josh? And it's his response was Josh got into Josh, which basically meant, you know, he, okay, he can run over guys, check. He can stiff arm guys to the stiff arm guys to the ground, check. He can throw the football anywhere on the field in the tight windows, all that stuff. And now like, you know, he was, he was putting it together last year, but you didn't see it come to a, total full circle and now you see it as as an NFL quarterback just how great he is and then last last was the last part of the uh the article which is my favorite part um and as far as this football team goes let's just say we've got one thing on our mind it ain't losing so basically I know this team's goal we know this team's goal and it all starts this Saturday that article was amazing uh you know Dion wants that Super Bowl ring for the city and I'll just let you speak on the article and your thoughts uh, yeah, I mean, you nailed it. Uh, 
I thought it was exciting, like you said, kind of like Josh got into Josh. Like, they know what he was doing, like, his first two years. Not literally, but at times running around like a chicken with his head cut off. He's leaping guys. He's stiff-arming guys. You know, he's being a little reckless. But, like, now it's, like, all those things that we saw, like, like you said, like, it's all clicking now. It's all one, you know, it's coming to fruition, which is awesome. So it's great. Like, I'm not surprised because he also – he went on and on about digs too. I'm not surprised about any of that. I'm not surprised about to talk about Diggs or Allen, you know, because we see what they've done this year. But, like, it's awesome to see how, like, a team can huddle around their leader being Allen. You know, I thought that was awesome. Um, another takeaway, kind of like what you said about the Eric Wood thing, how Dawkins was like, oh, I don't know, like, I just wasn't – you know, he wasn't buying it when Wood was like, I'm passing the torch to you here soon. Like – it's funny to look back on that now because, like he said, he was a kid. He was a rookie. Like, he was kind of just, like – he probably wasn't even sure if he was buying into what we had going on yet because that was the beginning of the process, right? So, it's like – my take – like, so Dawkins being now probably one of the longest tenured guys on the team because a lot of these guys are all new regime guys. Um, he's kind of gone through the – the pain that we've seen too, you know, the playoff game where we scored three points, a six and 10 season Allen's rookie year last year, you know, being a better team, but not, you know, finishing plain and simple. He, you know, he gets it in like hearing it now, like he is a leader now, he's a captain now, like he's right up there with the guys like Allen Diggs, Trey, you know, McDermott, you think of the bills, you're going to think Deion Dawkins without a doubt. So, like, I think you, we really got a good feeling for what he is. And we know he's a funny guy. He's goofy. He's likes to interact with us, the, you know, the fans at least. Um, no, nah, I just think that, that that letter, it showed a lot of love, you know, a lot of passion towards this fan base and towards this team. And just really brought it all together for me. Like, he's so much more likable now, even more so than before. You know, and he's a fan favorite. People love him. Absolutely. Yeah, that – that's the other thing I mentioned, like throughout my whole podcast this year, I was telling people, every, every guest, I'm like, this connection with this team this year, and like he's saying, you know, obviously all the COVID stuff, what happened yesterday, awful at the Capitol, all that stuff going on in the world. But, you know, this Bills team, I know the AFC East doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but to this city, the Bills did bring a little swagger back and we have picked each other up throughout these tough times. And it's just, it's awesome to see. So before we get into the game, I just want to talk about, you know, you've, me and you are around the same age, so I just want you to talk about what a playoff win would mean to you. Man, all right. So it would honestly it would mean the world, and I mean I'm along the same lines, just like you know, having football experience myself and whatnot, like the never satisfied attitude, like the locker room has right now. You know, they don't want just they don't want to win this week only. You know, they want to go all the way. You know, and I'm sure every other Buffalo fan could say this too, but I want them to go all the way. Like, it would just be – it'd be awesome. I've been a fan since I was six years old. I've seen quarterbacks like J.P. Lawson, Trent Edwards, Fitz, like E.J. Manuel, just guys that, you know, gave this city hope for like a minute. <laughs> and it just mean the world to me. Like, I've seen a lot of hope, but nothing more really. And like, since McDermott's taken over, you know, there's been a lot of hope. It's been – like Dawkins even said, it's like, oh, this team has potential. But, like, now we're seeing it. It's here. Like, I, it would mean it – it'd be awesome. I've seen a lot of pain with this team. And, 
you know, just seeing it kind of come to fruition now, it's awesome. But I want it to go all the way. They have all the right pieces, the organ from management to coaching to players. It just a win would be amazing, but why stop there? You know, there yeah, exactly. could be exactly. three games after four four games left. Yep, exactly. Good point. Um, yeah, I mean the world of me too. I mean, like you said, it's just one game. Win this game, and we still got three three more games to go if we want that that Super Bowl ring. And man, it's already Thursday. I feel like we just played in, in two afternoon, like for, you know, forty eight hours from now, the Bills are gonna be on the field at home with some fans in the stadium playing the Indianapolis Colts, which I just can't wait for. Uh, I just want to talk about the game now, get into that a little bit. Obviously, um, you know, the Bills are six and a half favorites, uh, point favorites in Vegas this week, which, you know, I think is a is a big spread for the Bills based on, you know, what we've seen because early in the season they were winning games close. And these last four or five games, they've been just blowing teams out of the water. So I think that has something to do with it. So I just want you to talk about the uh, Colts path to victory if, if the Bills don't play their A game. Um, all right. So in order, so like in order for the Colts to win, correct? Yes. Yes. What they got to do. All right. So without a doubt, 100%, they have to be able to stop this offense. Their defense needs to go back to, like I said on the last podcast, need to go back to form how they were the first five, six, seven, eight weeks of the season. And even now, like they've slipped a little bit, like it's not a defense that's as talked about as that top defense like they were in the beginning of the year but like their numbers are still good they're 12th overall 10th ranked defense in points 20th in yards against the passing which isn't great so that's clearly a mismatch there but they're second against the rush in yardage terms so their strength on defense is our weakness on offense so like I mean I don't see us running the ball a whole lot. We usually try to get it going at some point, but usually veer off from it just because of what Allen's been able to do. They can't just try to take digs out of the game because Allen is starting to have that quality that we're seeing where he can make other people better too. It's not going to matter if they try to take digs out of the game, which I don't even think they'll be able to because he's been ridiculous. Um, offensively, so the last couple games – I feel like at points either early on or later at some point, maybe not so much against the Dolphins, but like the Patriots, even like the first quarter, their first two drives, they were kind of marching down the field on us a little bit. Like sometimes this defense looks like it bends. It doesn't break, but it bends for sure. If the Colts can take advantage of that and turn that into points and play well defensively, you know, not let Allen throw the ball all over, all over the yard and score a bunch of points, they should be able to win this game. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I don't think the Bills are going to have a very bad game. Okay, uh, yeah, and you mentioned – I just want to mention a couple other guys. DeForest Buckner, who's the AFC Defensive Player of the Month, who's a stud. Allen has had trouble with three-tech uh, defensive tackles because our interior, our interior line isn't the greatest. But I think if DeForest Buckner can get some pressure in there too, that would affect the, affect the passing game. He's, got, he's long, he's got big hands, he can get hands on the ball. And also, obviously, Jonathan Taylor. If we don't take away the run and put eight in the box, I mean – Make Rivers throw outside the numbers. I mean, he throws it almost as quick as Big Ben in terms of, you know, snap to the throw. So, if you if you um, want to take take away the Bills and win this game, you got to run the ball and you got to get the, the ball out of your hands quick. But I think the Bills obviously know this and they're going to do everything in their power to stop Taylor. Um, so, one more thing before we get into, like, the prediction stuff here. 
Uh, I just want to talk about the Josh Allen and how, like, you know, last year we were up 16-0 at halftime. And he started, you know, it's almost like he lost his head. He wasn't composed. He was, he was, he was throwing uh, deep ball to Pat DeMarco in double coverage. He was lateraling it backwards, like, just on a scramble. You know, I just, it just didn't look good. And I think it was just because, you know, he's young and he's, he's got to grow. So do you think uh, Josh Allen takes this next step and, you know, gets his first playoff, playoff victory and shows that, again, he is the franchise quarterback? Can you, can you hear me? Yeah. I think yeah. you lost me for a second. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're back. You got me? Yeah. Um, Did you hear right, a question? Cool. Um, yeah. No, what okay. you said, I mean, uh, I heard most of it. So, uh, did you see where um, I said Josh yeah, Allen? I mean – Okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, yeah, man, he's just – he was young. You know, like you said, 16 nothing halftime comes out. He definitely – he was – all over the place, which I don't think is unheard of to see with a young QB. Like, I mean, that was a big stage for him. And like I said earlier, he, you know, some of the things we saw, like him jumping over people, the exciting stuff we saw from him, but like, also like the best way to put it, like you said, like, uh, you know, laddering the ball to uh, Knox, it was kind of spazzy. It's like a, it's like a press all the buttons on the controller type of thing that, that we saw out of him last year. And I just, we haven't seen that this year. There's been like spurts of it. Like I remember one play against the Colts, like when he got hit by Bosa or not the Colts, sorry, the chargers. Uh, when he got hit by Bosa and it looked like he got hurt, like he tried to throw the ball still. And it was just like, Whoa, but we haven't seen that this year. Like there's not a whole lot of times when he's either in the pocket scrambling, running downfield where I feel nervous, you know, he's going to be able to stay composed, I think. And I mean, Every week, he just kept getting better, too. You know, there's a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season, and even that lull wasn't that bad. Like, he didn't play great against the Chargers. The first game against the Patriots, he didn't play that great either. But I don't know. I just – I think there's a lot to be excited about this week. I think he's ready to take that, you know, that step. He's in MVP talks. You know, like, he looks legit. He looks, you know, like he belongs in this lead and like he – in this league and like he's a winner. So. You know, it should be – I'm excited. And, and a playoff win would do nothing but skyrocket his confidence. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I just want to talk about this one stat I saw where I think it was – there's three quarterbacks who have thrown for over 35 touchdowns and ran for seven, seven or more touchdowns. And it's Steve Young. I think it was in 1984. He won the MVP and led his team to a Super Bowl victory. Cam Newton in 2015, who – he won the MVP that year and led his team to the Super Bowl. Didn't win, but led him to the Super Bowl. And Josh Allen this year. So there's three quarterbacks that have done what he, Allen has done this year, and the two prior quarterbacks have led their team to the Super Bowl. So that's just something to think about. And, you know, the AFC is tough, but I think with Allen at the quarterback, uh, as long as he – you know, and I think you speak about that lull. I think what that more was, he had a shoulder injury going on, and – it wasn't really spoken about much in the, like, you know, in the media, they just kind of said, Oh, Alan's Alan's like not, not doing as well as after his first four weeks, he was dicing everybody up, but man, that shoulder injury that affected him clearly because Matt Hasselbeck said uh, the week, the week 
against the Seahawks when he lost his grandmother the night before and had an heroic game. Wish the fans were there. Um, Hasselbeck said, don't be surprised uh, tonight or today if Josh Allen has a breakout game and goes back to normal form because that shoulder injury takes like three or four weeks to fully recover. I mean, he was on that injury report for at least four, four weeks. With He was full every day, but, you know, his shoulder was obviously bothering him and it was affecting his, his accuracy and his play. So I think that had a lot to do with it. And like you said, Josh Allen, I mean, he's been doing it all year for the most part, especially lately. I mean, he just won AFC Offensive Player of the Month the second time this year. So, I mean, what, what do you expect? The, the culture banged up. Their past defense has been shaky as of, as of late. And I think Josh Allen does take the next step, like you said. And the Bills go on to uh, the divisional game. And about the divisional weekend, I just want to bring this up before we get into predictions. Would you rather play a Pittsburgh team at home or a, uh, a Baltimore-Tennessee team? Because, you know, if the Browns win, KC plays Cleveland, we'd get the winner of Baltimore-Tennessee. So if that were the case, would you rather play a Baltimore-Tennessee team at home or a, a Pittsburgh team at home? Good question. Uh, I don't know. Because the Steelers the – Steelers, sound like a better option just because of the recency bias, I think. We just played them, what, three weeks ago? So, you know, and even even since then, even since we played them, like, their other games, like, I think they beat the Colts the next week and it come from behind win, which was good. But I don't know. I mean, the Ravens, I think they have a good defense, but their offense could be a little shaky. But mm-hmm. Lamar has been playing a lot better as of late. Um, and then the Titans, I don't really want to play Derrick Henry, to be honest with you, but I don't know. I'd probably least want to play the Titans, but I think the Steelers or the Ravens, it could be a toss up for me because they, they both have a good defense, but their offenses are kind of, you know, they have to catch, they have to catch a little bit of momentum in order to be effective, I think. So I guess if, you know, I had to choose, I'd probably go with the Steelers just because they've been slipping a little bit, and I feel like they have the least momentum maybe. But, I mean, at the same time, any of the three, I don't – I wouldn't count us out by any means. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like you like you said, I think the most, like – the best, like, road for – to you know, the Super Bowl for the Bills is to get Pittsburgh at home. Uh, I don't really want to see Tennessee or Baltimore. I'll let KC handle them. Because, honestly, like, I'm not trying to just, like, you know, say it, but I think Baltimore and Tennessee can beat Kansas City – at their place. I mean, but last year, Baltimore or Tennessee played them really tough. And then, you know, it was just a Pat Mahomes show, but if you can get that lead again and then limit it and get Derek Henry, keep time in possession. Uh, I really think KC could get knocked off against Baltimore and Tennessee. So yeah, I agree with you. I think I, I want to see Pittsburgh the most at home. You know, they've been sliding. I know that, like you said, they had that comeback victory against Indy, but besides that, they just haven't been playing good football and, you know, that's that's a really realistic scenario with the Cleveland Browns COVID situation going on. With Stefanski not going to be there, and they're they're another Pro Bowl guard Pro Bowl guard is out as well. So not having your head coach on the sideline is a huge loss for Cleveland, no matter what you say. So yeah, sure. now we're going to get into predictions here. Uh, you can go first. Uh, I don't I don't know if I'm going to give mine depending on time because I want my second guest in here. So if you want to go ahead and give your prediction on the Bills Colts Saturday one o'clock. All right, I'll try to be. I'll try to be quick with it. Um, 
I just think, like I said, I mean, I said what the Colts have to do to win. I just don't see them being able to do it. I think this team, the Bills, have too much momentum right now. They're firing on all cylinders. Their defense, like I said, bending but not breaking. I like the Bills 27-17. Okay, uh, I'll give mine as well then since we have a couple minutes here. So I'm going to have to go with a Bills win, obviously. Uh, I can't pick against them. They're, they're the better football team overall. Defense has been playing lights out. One of the most underrated defenses in the league the last 10 weeks. The offense continues to to rise to the occasion and play good football, even with lulls. You know, you saw it last week against Miami. Allen threw that pick early. First quarter wasn't that good, but Horkaz drops a bomb right next to the pie, or the uh, what's it called? What's that Thornton? I'm losing thought. Uh, for the Dolphins. Yeah, when when, he, when but Horkaz punted it right next to that. What is that? The pylon, right? Correct. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he dropped it right on the pylon, and then Dane Jackson made a great open field tackle. And, you know, we got we got the ball back scored. And then we got another ball back again scored. So, it's just – that's how good our offense is, and it reminds me of the Kansas City Chiefs to that point. So, yeah, I got the Bills winning 31-20. to 20. And, you know, I think this game – this game's going to go really well. I think the Bills defense, like I said, is going to play really well. Make Rivers – make Rivers beat you. Limit Taylor. Limit Hines as well. He's a great pass catcher, and you got yourself a Bills win. So, Seth, thanks for joining me. Yep. I really appreciate that, and I love your prediction. I hope you enjoy the game Saturday, and as always, thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. You too. Thanks for having me. Go Bills. All right, go Bills. Have a good one. All right, everybody. So, now we are going to get into Ryan Talbot and his uh, – as a guest here. So, in this next 20 to 25-minute segment – uh, I'm going to talk about the flip side of it. So the Bills' path to a victory, like how earlier I asked for the Colts' uh, path to a victory. We're going to talk about the Diggs-Beasley injury concerns there. You know, McDermott, the presser today, said, I don't know about their game status for Saturday. I know McDermott likes to keep it tight to the tight to the chest and doesn't really say much about it. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Brian Dable and his head coaching opportunities. Obviously, he's a hot candidate with how good the Bills' offense is playing this year. and he has turned around this franchise. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because Brian Dable, his family grew up here. He went to St. Francis, obviously. And he has that connection with the, the Houston Texans GM where they both went to high school, played, I think, a, a season of football together. But, you know, he's in such a good situation in Buffalo. And with all this pandemic stuff going on and, you know, all, all, the, all the outside clatter going on and all that stuff, I'm, I'm really interested to see if, you know, if Dable, if he has a couple options like the Jets and stuff like that, what he's going to do and what what he'll be uh, willing to take to leave the Bills in this great offense he's built. And then lastly, Ryan will give his prediction, and we will talk about the Colts' bad pass defense as of late against an offense that has been on fire. So here Ryan Talbot comes in. Can you hear me? Yep. All right, Ryan, how are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I uh, just finished my first segment of the pod, so we're getting to you now. This is Ryan Talbot from NY Up. He's a Bills writer. He's been on the show many times. Great guest. Love talking football with him. Uh, so before we get into the game, I just want to talk about Brian Dable and his head coaching opportunities, obviously. The Chargers are very intriguing with Herbert and that great talent around them. They got, you know, Eckler, a great running back. They got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, just a, a collection of guys. 
And then you have um, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are going to draft Trevor Lawrence, most likely. Another, I mean, a similar quarterback to, to Allen. Herbert and Lawrence are very similar. And then obviously the Houston Texans position, where the GM of Houston uh, has the connection with Dable in terms of going to uh, high school together at St. Francis. So I just want you to talk about like where Brian Dable would probably most likely go. And, you know, I don't even want to talk about the Jets because I think, I think the Jets are just not where Dable would want to go if he had the option. And I think he'll have options. And I just think the Jets management in terms of, you know, how they've handled everything these past couple of years, I don't think Dable wants to go into that kind of the atmosphere, especially being with Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, and Sean McDermott. So I just want you to talk about Brian Dable and where, where, where his best fit is. Yeah, I've said for the few weeks now that the Chargers are the best fit. I think they're most uh, – I think they're a well-built team on both sides of the ball. But offensively, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, uh, obviously Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, Hunter Henry, I believe, is a free agent at the end of this year. But you could bring him back, I would think, on a pretty fair deal. He's had a long list of uh, injuries in his career that's probably kept him from being the superstar that he looked like he could be when he first came out. Defensively, obviously, you know, Derwin James, they have Bosa. They, they have some talent on both sides of the ball. And Wusu is a guy that I liked, and he was uh, more of a backup in, on that team anyways with, with the amount of talent they have. So they, they're the front runners to me. And I know same division as the Kansas City Chiefs. You'd be having to play Patrick Mahomes two times a year. But if your belief is that Justin Herbert can be a top five, top eight quarterback in this league, you take that any day of the week. And, yeah, that might mean some seasons being the wild card at the uh, six to the seven seed. Some years you might be able to beat the Chiefs and take that. You don't go away from a job just because of one team and, and how they're, you know, how they are right this instant because a lot of things can change in the NFL pretty quickly. Uh, so I think that's the best fit. Jacksonville would have been up there like 1A, 1B type situation. But then there was a report that uh, their owner, Khan, uh, Tony Khan, I believe, um, said something along the lines of he was going to maintain control of the roster and things like that. And, you know, I don't know how many head coaches are going to want to come in and, and work with a GM that doesn't have roster control. I think that's something you have to weigh in. But Trevor Lawrence, that's what makes that job appealing. Uh, James Robinson, uh, undrafted free agent. I think he had like 1,300 yards. I don't know, anywhere from 11 to 1,300 yards this year. I didn't follow the Jaguars that closely, but I know he's very talented, undrafted free agent running back. DJ Charks on a few of my fantasy teams. Uh, he was disappointing this year, but you look at who was throwing him the ball. Uh, he, he has potential number one wide receiver. You know, he has that type of level of player potential in him too, so that's appealing. And then the Texans probably come in last of those three teams because when you really break it down, uh, you're looking at a quarterback that's in his early 30s uh, or, you know, he's he's up there compared to a uh, – you can play until you're recording the NFL today, so I shouldn't even say that. Yeah. But he, he's not Justin Herbert. He's not Trevor Lawrence. He has a lot of – Years under his belt, I guess, is the best way of putting that. And then you don't have the draft capital there. That's the big thing. You know, they trade for Laramie Tunsil. Tunsil is a cornerstone piece for that team. Uh, on offense, it probably is Tunsil and it's Watson. And then defensively, I I'm not sure because Watts getting up there. I, I don't know what they truly have besides those two players that I just mentioned. 
and then you don't have a first round pick this year. You don't have a second round pick this year, both top 50 picks uh, going to Miami. So, you know, short term, that definitely hurts. Yeah, there's the connections there with, with uh, the, the new GM, Nick Casario and uh, Easterby. And so it, it could be, you know, it's intriguing. But of those three teams, I, w- I would peg them third. That said, if those other two spots get filled up, I wouldn't be shocked if he took it. Now, do you see now? Do you see something where Dable stays just because of how successful he's been here? And you know, or do you think this is you know Dable's going to take take the job if he likes it and he's gonna he's gonna leave this year? Yeah, it, it's unique circumstances because he's from here. He he loves it here. He has a uh, top three quarterback in Josh Allen right now that he could have again next year. And you know, if you're confident that Josh is that guy, there's going to be other opportunities next year. So. I'm not going to rule it out. He'll. I think there's a the the chance that he comes back gets better with every time one of those three jobs that we just mentioned gets filled. So Jacksonville, for instance, you know they've been linked to Urban Meyer. Uh, let's just say Urban Meyer takes the job. He's their target. He's the one that they want. Well, there goes one spot right there. Then you know maybe the Chargers go with Bienemy uh, from the Chiefs. Uh, you know, he knows the Chiefs, obviously, working with Mahomes. That could, they could see that as an advantage, and that one goes. Then you're talking Houston maybe being the only suitor, and then he could say, okay, that's still an appealing job because Sean Watson is Deshaun Watson, but I have Josh Allen. I know that in a year's time there's going to be some other openings in this league, and I can stay in my, you know, I can stay home, Western New York, Buffalo, for another year. I think there's a shot, but those premier destinations need to fill up kind of quickly for that to happen. Uh, Like you said, Jets, you know, maybe. Um, But I think that they're going to try to keep Sam Darnold around. I don't know how he feels about Darnold in terms of uh, bringing him back. I think Darnold could go somewhere and become a good quarterback. I I do think the Jets kind of ruined him the way they built around him. But I'm not sure that's an ideal uh, situation, I you know, Atlanta, Detroit, I'm not seeing those as great situations for Dable either. So it, it all comes down to musical chairs in those top three destinations. Yeah, and something that just popped in my head, like I know the Jets probably, he will never go there, but I think something that would probably might motivate him if he was offered the job or whatnot, would you know how, how he was part of this regime that flipped the whole franchise around in a matter of, you know, a year. He saw, he saw Coach McDermott do it right in front of his eyes. And, you know, it'd, it'd probably be nice to, for him to go, you know, okay, let's go to, let me go to New York and maybe try and flip this thing around and put some talent around Darnold and see what I can do with him because, you know, he's done it with Allen. So he's got to have a lot of confidence. And like you said, those top three destinations, if they get filled up and we keep winning ball games, uh, I think Brian Dable does have a shot of staying around. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, the Jets, it's, it's an interesting market because if you're successful there, you are a hero. We, we remember – Back-to-back years, the success that Rex Ryan had and before, you know, teams really started figuring out that scheme and that uh, that roster. He, he was a hero there. They, 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 he was in commercials. He was doing a lot. They loved him. But they also turn on you very quickly in that market as well. Uh, and like you said, that's not the most stable franchise. Maybe Joe Douglas can convince him that things are changing and, and will change. And if you tell him the number two pick – is in play for a quarterback and he likes Zach Wilson or he likes Justin Fields and he doesn't have to stick, stick with Sam Darnold. 
maybe that becomes more appealing. Denzel Mim showed some promise this year. Uh, Perriman's a good slot guy. Or not Perriman. Crowder, I should say, is a good slot guy. Perriman can play in that 3-4 role. So they're still missing some pieces there. But maybe that would be appealing. And uh, Quinton Williams, I think, is a superstar on the other side of the ball. And he's, he's looking the part now. So there, there's pieces there. I just don't know if there's enough. Okay, absolutely. Let's get into this game now. So it's already Thursday afternoon, 48 hours. Like I said earlier in this pod, uh, 48 hours, the Bills will be on the field. Josh Allen will be throwing darts. Uh, hopefully, Cole Beasley's back out there. Hopefully, I mean, limping or not, I think that's my bold prediction. I wanted to tell you, I think Cole Beasley's going to be out there Saturday. Uh, and like I said earlier, listen to his new song. That's a great song. He's, he's a good singer. So uh, now I just want to talk about Diggs and Beasley, your injury concern for them. And, you know, they were both on the practice field today. McDermott and his pressure this morning was, you know, he's always very uh, secretive with the injuries and doesn't really want to give much much out about them. So do you think Diggs and Beasley are going to be able to get out there this this Saturday or at least one of them? Uh, Diggs 100%. You know, he said as much yesterday. He's fine. He'll be out there. He'll be playing. And, and you said it. Sean McDermott keeps everything close to the vest. Yeah, I don't know if he thinks it gives them a strategic advantage. Uh, he doesn't give opposing teams any bulletin board material. He doesn't give them any additional information that he that he doesn't have to. So, oh, I'm concerned. No, Diggs will be out there. There's, there's no doubt in my mind on that one, unless there's some kind of setback today or tomorrow. Now, that being said, Beasley, I still think it's, it's more of a coin flip, but I, I'm agreeing with you with your bold prediction. I think he will be out there. Even if he's not at 100%, you, he can still contribute – 20 snaps maybe on offense, on passing downs. Uh, you can elevate a guy like Penny Stills. Stills mostly plays on the outside, but he has played in the slot before in his career. He could play there. We saw what Isaiah McKenzie could do in the slot last week. So they have options if Beasley's not a full go. But if he feels good enough to go, he's worth playing because uh, he's just going to be another mismatch for that uh, Colts defense. Who They do have a very good – uh, slot nickel cornerback in Kenny Moore, who could you know give Beasley some some issues, but I think Beasley's just so good off the line that he would be a a guy that you want out there on Saturday, even if he's seventy seventy five percent. Yeah, Beasley, you know he, he he can still get get open on that slot those slot uh, routes, and you know he doesn't have to he doesn't have to take that many hits. He can you know he can get down, try and you know just take those little short routes, like you said, twenty snaps. Yeah, I really think my bold prediction though is Beasley's gonna be out there this Saturday, and we're gonna have a full, we're gonna have a full receiving core, and I could even see Kenny Stills being activated, just for the matter of fact that Beasley's probably not gonna be 100%. So just in case something does happen, we always have those that those depth guys like Kenny Stills to pick it up. So I want to get into the Bills' path to victory. Uh, Ryan, what do the Bills need to do to get their first playoff win since what 1995? Yeah, 95 season, 1996 was the year the playoff game was played. So, yeah, you can go either of those answers. Uh, defensively, stack the box. Make it hard for Jonathan Taylor to run early in this game so that way the Colts kind of have to get away from it. And obviously, you know, you they run a lot out of the nickel. That's pretty much been their base defense. But you can they, they have the personnel to run a 4-3. Uh, have Klein, Milano, Edmonds on the field at the same time. Bring them up to the line. Really dare them to throw with Phillip Rivers. Rivers can still beat you deep, but he is kind of he, he's a lot like Ben Roethlisberger. Gets the ball out quickly, 
uh, four, like a four yard average target in these, the last game or two games ago. And, you know, he, he lets his guys pick up the yards after the catch. Uh, so the bills are going to have to tackle really well too. I guess defensively, that's the second thing. Tackling is going to be key. So when it comes to rivers, maybe you play the cornerbacks like you did against Pittsburgh. You're, you're hitting them at the line. You're not giving them any room to create, to catch those quick passes. And then if they do, you're right there to tackle them immediately as well. Uh, offensively, don't change what you're doing. Stick with what's brought you to the dance, what brought you to those 13 wins. That's Josh Allen throwing it all over the field. Even without Cole Beasley in week 17, we saw how dangerous Josh Allen can be in one half of action. Finding McKenzie wide open, you know, open on two balls, hitting the deep ball to John Brown, who looks 100%. So that stint on the IR, uh, which was prolonged with the uh, being put on the COVID reserve as a close contact to P.J. Yeldon's, you know, that time off really did benefit him. So you, you have him, you have Diggs, obviously, who can uh, be just about anyone. Gabriel Davis is having an outstanding rookie year. Allen's still going to have weapons, even if Beasley can't go. Uh, you mentioned Stills. We, I've mentioned Stills. He's a possibility to come in for a handful or two of snaps where you're just going to simply say, you know, you're going to run this route. You don't have to get go too deep with him. Run it, you know, run a go, run, you know, go six yards and curl, whatever the case may be. They'll give him very simple plays, but knowing his history, knowing how good he can be, he can also even contribute with a few catches here on, on Saturday afternoon. Yes, and the last thing before we get into, like, the predictions and whatnot, uh, this Colts uh, pass defense as of late has been not, not that good. Uh, going back to, you know, at least – at least the last month, it's just struggled as of late. And the Bills' offense, on the other hand, passing-wise, too, has been on fire. So I think the Bills' uh, path to victory as well is, you know, just getting the ball into playmakers' hands, what they've been doing all year, and throw all over this Colts, Colts defense, which, yeah, they got a good run defense, but that's our weakness. So it's like their strength on defense with the Forrest Buckner in there is – you just want to see Defensive Player of the Month, so he's been playing really good football. Uh, against our our weakness, you know, that kind of evens out. We don't need to run the ball necessarily unless, you know, it's the fourth quarter and we need that long sustained drive to put the game away. But, yeah, just throw the, throw the ball all over the field, and I think I think the Bills are, are going to be able to do that against this defense. Uh, I think it's going to be a not a breeze, but I think the Bills are going to be very successful and move the ball at will just like they have in the last couple of weeks. So, Ryan, uh, I just want to give – I just want you to give your thoughts on – this game and give your prediction for this, this Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. You know, the, there's a reason that the Colts were in contention when the AFC South for the entire season. They, they finished with 11 wins. They're a really good team. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a nightmare at running back, but even, you know, Naheem Hines, another running back, is a nightmare from the pass-catching perspective. So those bats, those tight ends, uh, they're going to be, you know, major focal points for that for the Colts in the passing game. Obviously, they still have T.Y. Hill and they have Michael Pittman, so they do have an assortment of weapons. It's going to be really important for the Bills to get out to a, a hot start, get some points up on the board. Sooner that they can build, make, uh, get out, you know, get a touchdown, maybe build a lead. The sooner that you can make the Colts more one-dimensional, and when Philip Rivers has to throw more than than hand it off, uh, that's really going to benefit this defense. So, uh, I have the Bills winning this game, twenty-seven twenty-one. Uh, still, you know, one possession game really close to that line of six and a half points. Uh, I, I could still see the Bills winning, though, by two scores or more. 
one area to keep an eye on is the kicking game. Tyler Bass has been clutch throughout the regular season since about week eight. Rodrigo Blankenship, their kicker, um, he's had some issues from 50-plus yards. He, he kept a 50-yarder short a few weeks ago against Green Bay. Now, 56-yarder last week was short as well. Uh, that's not an easy kick. But he, he is doing that. A lot of those kicks inside of, you know, a stadium that has a retractable roof. Now you're talking Buffalo, the winds, which we know can be swirling all over the place in January. Uh, I think that you're not going to see the Colts attempt a lot of any, or maybe not any long field goals, 48 plus yard field goals. So that might show mean that them being a little bit more aggressive on fourth down. So the Bills defense, third down, fourth down defense is going to have to be at its best. Uh, to get their first win in the playoffs, like you said, since the 95 season in, in, in 1996. Yeah, I think I gave my prediction earlier, but I just, I'll just manifest it, so I'll say it again. Uh, I think the Bills win 31-20. Uh, last week on my pod, I had my buddy on, and he picked, you know, New England Patriots is always a close game, and he picked them, you know, a nice tight game, and I said, no way, 34-13. And I was pretty pretty darn close with that prediction. So I'm going to go 31-20. I think the Bills put up another 30 spot. I just think this offense is just unstoppable, to say the least. I mean, yes, they have their lulls, but with those lulls, uh, five minutes later, they could put two touchdowns up on the board, and it's it's instantly, you know, 14 more points, and you're 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 up two scores already. So I just really uh, I'm looking forward to this game, and it's very exciting because you know last year the Houston game, this team is it's like so much different in terms of offensively because they can just do whatever they want. And last year they were, they were still limited. Uh, and Allen tried to play hero ball this year. He's been comfortable. Like Dawkins said in his article, he's putting everything together. He's coming full circle. He knew he could do all these things, jump over people, all that stuff. But now he can throw the ball, run when he needs to. And I think the Bills get the job done 31, 20. I, I would have been shocked. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on and joining my podcast. Uh, it's it's your host, AJ Sabalski. Uh, as always, go Bills. Kickoff Saturday, 1 o'clock. Uh, it's under 48 hours, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Ryan, have a good one. Hey, you too.